Section 10 of Earth's Enigmas. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Matt Bounds. Earth's Enigmas by Sir Charles G. D. Roberts. An experience of Jabez Batterpole. One February afternoon, a tremendous snowstorm was raging about the camp on the upper Keswick. The air was so thick with driving flakes that one could scarcely see five feet ahead of him. It fell dark in the woods by the middle of the afternoon, and the chopping and the hauling came to an end. Lamps were soon lighted in camp, and the lumbermen in their steaming homespuns gathered around the roaring stove to sing, smoke, swap yarns, and munch gingerbread. The wind screamed round the gables of the camp, rattled at the door and windows, and roared among the treetops like the breaking of great waves on an angry coast. From the stables close by came ever and anon the neighing of a nervous horse. Andy Mitchell had been detailing with tireless minuteness the virtues of his magnificent team of stallions, Tom and Jerry, and had described, as was his wont on all possible occasions, the manner in which they had once saved his life when he was attacked by a tremendous Indian devil. This Indian devil, as the Northern Panther is called in Canada, had been literally pounded to pieces under the hoofs of the angry stallions. As Mitchell concluded, there came a voice from the other side of the stove, and a tall woodstocker spoke up. This was a chopper very popular in the camp, and known by the name of Jabe. His real name, seldom used except on Sundays, was Jabez Ephraim Batterpole. "'I'll tell you a little yarn, boys,' said Jabe. "'About a chap who's weren't exactly an engine devil, but he was half-injun, and I'm a-thinkin' the other half must have been a devil. I run again him last June, three year gone, and he come blame near a-doin' for me. I ain't sought eyes on him since, for which the same I ain't a-goin' to complain.' I'd been up to the falls and was a-taking a raft down the river for Gibson. Sandy Beale was along of me, and I don't know as ever I enjoyed rafting more than on the first of that trip. Doubtless you all knows what pretty rafting it is in them parts. By gum, it kind of makes a chap lick his lips when he recollects it. A-sliding along there in the sun. Not too hot, not too cold. Smoking very comfortable. With one's back braced against a soft spruce log and smelling the little cat's paws what comes blowing off the shores, just as sweet and soft as a gal's curls a brushing of a feller's face. What gal's curls be you referring to, Jabe? interrupted Andy Mitchell. Something finer than horse hair, anyways, was the prompt retort, and a laugh went round the camp at Andy's expense. Then Batterpole continued. When we come to Hardscrabble, it was sundown. So we tied up the raft and teetered up the hill to old man Peters for the night. Yous all knows old man Peters' gal Nellie, as there ain't no tidier and honester slip on the whole river. Nellie was pretty glad to see Sandy and me, if I does say it that shouldn't, and she chinned with us so as she didn't have no time to talk to some other chaps as was putting up there that night. And this, as I mighty soon catched on her, didn't seem know how to suit one of the fellers. He was a likely-looking chap enough, but very dark-complected and sallow-like, with a bad eye showing a lot of the white. 
and I like that's a bad thing in a horse, and I reckon ain't a heap better in a man. Says I to Nellie, says I, Nellie, who's your yellow friend over there by the windy? It looks like he'd like to make sausage meat in my head. Nellie's eyes flashed, and she answered up right sharp, "'Tain't no friend of mine, tain't no sort of a man at all. "'It's only something the fresh it left on the shore "'and the pigs wouldn't eat nohow.' "'You bet I laughed, and so did Sandy. "'As I hearin' later on, "'the chap had been a-botherin' round Nellie all winter, "'for all she'd given him the mitten straight "'and sent him about his business heaps of times. "'I reckon the feller suspicioned we was a-laughin' at him, "'for he squinted at me blacker than ever.' Pretty soon Nellie got fussin' round the room overnight of where the yeller chap was a-sittin'. He spoke to her soft-like so as we couldn't hear what he was gettin' at. Nellie, she just sniffed kind of scornful. And then, what was you suppose that chap done? He reached out sudden, grabbed her little wrist so hard that she cried out and slapped her. Yes, yeah, slapped her right across the mouth. Nellie just stood there white like an image and never said one word. And I see the red marks of the black guard's fingers come out across her cheek. Next minute, Yellowface jumped from the door and me at her, and you can bet your life. He was a-making tracks pretty lively, but I can run a little myself, and I was on to him against Sandy and the rest was out of the door. And didn't I wail him now. I twisted the knife out of his hand, and I laced him till I was clean tuckered out. But the feller was grit and never hollered once. When I quit, he lay still a bit. Then he riz up slowly, started to walk away, turned half round, and hissed at me just like a big snake or an old sassy gander. I'll pay you. Git, says I, and he proceeded to git, jogging along towards Woodstock. Well, now, how that Nellie did look at me proud and grateful-like when I come back to the house. And I says to myself, Jabez Ephraim, you been and gone and put in the big licks there, old feller. But I never said nothing about it at all to Nellie, nor Nellie didn't to me. Now, you're a smiling boy, so I may remark just here to save you from interrupting hereafter that I've been to old man Peter since on several occasions. And next summer, I hope to see yous all except in the hospitality of Mrs. Jabez E. Batterpole. But that ain't no part of this here story. Next day, Sandy and me had a fine run down by Woodstock. The old raft had kind of loose, however, and we blamed up and down the fellers as it bended together to the falls. Howsomever, we tightened her up a bit and calculated she'd hold through. As we come in here into the meductic, Sandy says to me, says he, Jabe, old ductic is a hoopin' her up today. There's a big head of water on, and I'm thinking we'll have to keep our eyes peeled. It'll take some skittish steering, for if the old raft just touches the rocks, she'll go all to slivers. Right you be, says I, and we braced up. Now, as we soon seen, old ductic was just a rearin'. The old raft shivered like a scared filly as she catched the first nip of them cross-currents, and she commenced her bold and sag like a nonsense. Sandy was on the forward sweep, but observing that, as the currents was a-settin', he weren't no use forward, I called him aft to help me. As I turned my head a little mite to holler to him, I catched a squint of that yeller chap a-steppin' in behind a tree on the bluff. 
There were no time to be a considerin' of yellow traps, for the raft was settin' dead onto the rocks in the middle of the rapid, and Sandy and me was a heavin' and a gruntin' on them sweeps to swing her clear. She'll make it, says Sandy at last, and that very minute there comes a ringin' shot from the bluff, and it feels like it was a dash of scaldin' water along the tip of my shoulder blade. You'll notice I was leanin' forward at the time. I'm shot, says I, and then I sees Sandy's sweep swing round, and Sandy drops on the logs. I jump clear over to where he laid, but straightways he hops up and yells, It's only my arm. Look out for the raft, Jabe. I looked out, boys, you bet, but she was just shearing round on them rocks, and no man's arm could have stopped her. I looked up at the bluff and catched a sight of the yellow blackguard standing there, as cool as you please, mind yous, loading up for a fresh shot. I had no time for another squint at him, for next minute the old raft struck the rocks. She just tumbled to pieces like a box of matches. I hustled Sandy out to the tail of the raft just in time and told him to jump and strike out for all was in him, and I'd see him through or else we'd kind of shuffle off together. Correct, says Sandy, chipper as you please, and then we both jumped, me with a grip like grim death on the Sandy's belt. Boys, but it was a caution to see them waves and cross currents and shoots and big ripples and eddies and whirlpools, how they just sucked us down and slapped us up and smothered us and chucked us round like chips. I just kept my mouth shut and said my prayers for all send me. As for swallowing water, I must have took in a half a barrel. How we was kept clear of the rocks was a miracle out and out. A queer light got to dancing and shifting in front of my eyes, and the singing in my ears was getting kind of pleasant-like, and I calculate that yellow chap must have gone away pretty well satisfied. When, on the sudden, a shorter shock brung me to, and I felt my feet touch bottom. There was a side of life left in Jabez Ephraim yet, you can bet your pile. I straightened up and found that we was in a quiet eddy at the foot of the rapids, on the further side of the stream. The water weren't up to my armpits, neither. As for Sandy, the starch was clean knocked out of him, so I just hauled him ashore and spread him out on the rocks to dry while I have a little of that water off my stomach. In half a minute, I felt better, and then I went and tumbled Sandy around till he was considerable lighter in the hold. Presently, he come to and opened his eyes. I swan, boys, we didn't hurry none. We just laid there in the sun a matter of an hour or so, kind of recuperating. Then we pinted up the river. When the folks heard what had took place, Yuzzle allowed there was lots of the boys out looking for the other chap, but he got scarce, and what's more, he stayed scarce. Any of you fellers ever seen him? If I ever run again him, exclaimed Andy Mitchell in a burst of generous enthusiasm, I'll feed him to my team for Injun Devil. End of an experience of Jabez Batterpole.